Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, the Bible says, And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks, and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before the Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I want to preach to you this morning from a question. How much joy did you have this week? Pray with me. God, thank you for all that you've done for us, God. I thank you for life. I thank you for your spirit. Lord, I thank you for each person who's come out today, and I pray, God, that you would teach us what you would have us to know. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit says to us. Father, I pray you'd strengthen my body, and let me say things that would honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> How much joy did you have this week. Oh, I wish I had a joyometer. I could hang on your neck and just see how much joy, and we just go row by row all the way around and find out how much joy you really have. A lot of things are hard to measure. Joy pretty much gives itself away. A lot of things are hard to, I can't tell how much money you have in your pocket right now, but I can tell whether or not you're willing and happy to receive what the Lord has to say to you. That's why I say so many times, I love be preaching to people who want to be preached to, because if everybody in the room wanted to be preached to, I could probably get in and out in about 30 minutes. But it's those hard cases that don't want to be preached to, those stuck on stupid, mad at the world, preach me happy if you can. I'm not going to say amen to anything, folk, that make the sermon go on till about 1230. So, you know, elbow somebody every now and then and say, smile, he'll shut up quicker. But I wish that you had the type of joy that this book promises. I wish that we all operated and had the type of joy that is promised to us, but I think if we really had to be honest, and we should be, listen, don't think you have to lie just because we're in church, even though most people have been lying in church most of their life. Still on, right? Most people come to church and they act like they're doing better than they're doing. Most people come to church and they act like they, they have to put on this fake. Listen, you may be fooling the people around you. You may be fooling the people in front behind you. You might even be fooling me, but none of us are fooling God. Please don't be that churchy person that comes to church and acts like, you know, you, you feel like you have to put on a personality of someone else it, it just is what is is we are where we are and life is what it is and you either have been operating in a lot of joy this week or you haven't now if we had to take a guess uh that that's that's what we say when because we're you know we're in church we don't want to say we were betting we were taking a guess but if we had to bet on it uh do most people in this room 
uh, have a lot of joy this week or a little? If, if your bet was a lot or a little, uh, I hope you'd know that the winning side of that bet would be a little. Sad but true. It's sad but true, but we're not tapping in to all the things that God has for us. And this morning, I want to talk to you about this very subject of operating in joy. If you put the screen back on for me, Elder, in Nehemiah 8, verse 10, if you look at the very last sentence, the Bible says, don't be dejected and sad, comma. When you read Scripture, always pause on the punctuation. It'll help you to take it in bite-sized pieces and digest it to get it down on the inside so where God can deal with you in it. Don't be dejected and sad. Now, if we were there already, but we're not there yet, amen? If we were there already as a church, if we were all saved, sanctified, fire baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, if we all had our tithe and our offering checks already made out, if we all came in to worship and to praise God and to let God have His way in our life, and I read where God says, see, this is not the word according to Scott, this is the word of the Lord, don't be dejected and sad. There's enough information right there for an altar call, mass repentance, and agreement with God. Is God right or wrong? Is God's word true or not? It's true. And he said, don't be dejected and sad. Now, we go through this all the time because I want you to understand some principles about how to dig truth up, about how to mine the treasure that's in this book. I want you to be able to uncover what God is saying for yourself so you're not one of those people who say, well, I read the scripture, pastor, but I don't get a lot out of it. So I go through these very simple exercises because we are a Bible church and I want you to be a word person. Don't be dejected and sad. Here's the exercise. We do it all the time this way in many passages of scripture. Why would God say to his people, don't be dejected and sad? Because they are dejected and they are sad. Should they be dejected? Should they be sad? God said, don't be dejected and sad. I want you to get this. If you don't get anything else today, I want you to get this. If you are sad or dejected, you are operating outside of God's plan for your life. Did you hear me? Now, here's, here's the thing. I know that that covers the majority of people in this room. And listen, there is a remedy, say remedy. There's a fix, there's a solution, and we need to tap into it. I believe one of the reasons that God had me to preach this this morning is because this impacts so many people, and no one ha has the ability to miss this forever. No, no one has a, a, a switch where they can say, oh, I'll never be sad, I'll never feel dejected, I'll never be. Listen, this is for everybody. Some, some people are more prone to it than others. Um, I believe there are certain things that um, genetically people are just more predisposed to. Uh, I, I see it run in families, and my, my family has a huge a litany list of uh, depressed people, suicidal people, upset people. Um, some, some people are, you know, some people are just so happy and easygoing that everything rolls off them like water off a duck's back. You ever met that kind of person? They're typically morning people, and I, I want to throw something at them. <laughs> right, right. Thank you, Jimmy. I mean, uh, 
they, they, you know, they wake up at 430, 5. They, they, this is the kind of person that tells you, oh, Lord, man, I, 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 I don't know even what's wrong with me. I slept in this morning. I slept all the way to 533. Woo, I was. Shh, with all that in the morning. Miss me with that loud speak in the morning. The Bible says that if you greet someone with a loud noise early in the morning, that's like a curse. People come into work. Man, I thank God. See, I, 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 don't, work, I don't work first shift. I, I've had to work first shift in my lifetime. I'm, I'm typically going to bed when first shift people are going to work. But some of y'all have had to work first shift in your life. You're struggling to get to work by 7.07, you know, back when they had time clocks. And you could punch in any 7.03, 7.04, 7.05, 7.06, and it still rang you in. Is it 7? Y'all, y'all young people, y'all don't. Do they even have time clocks today? Do they? Like you put it in and punch it? What well, technology is dead. Look at y'all punching time clocks. But that per- some of y'all had to work with that person that came in all woke and excited. And you're like, man, if I don't hurry up and get to the bathroom and get an hour sleep. Uh, oh, that's a union job. That's when I worked at the post office. And y'all, if you ever worked a union job, let me tell you, you know if it's a union job. Because in a bathroom stall, in one of the bathroom stalls, they have a piece of wood across. The t- Anybody ever seen that for real? Don't lie if you ain't seen it. They put that. That's union people right there. You know why they put that in there. Because people planning on sitting there for a long time. And they're not trying to get no. That, get that sleep. Why? They can't chase you into the bathroom. You, you, hey, but how do we get on union bathrooms? Oh. Us normal people hiding from them wide awake, cheerful, yippy yappy, loud morning folk. Listen, you know why? You know why people like me are mad at morning folk? Because we wish we could be half that awake during the daytime. So if you're one of those people that's a morning person, uh, listen, some of y'all just so up and so amped, coffee brings y'all down. I don't really fully understand you. But you ought to thank God for that because the majority of the rest of the world is dragging and they are dealing with a large amount of dejection and a large amount of sadness. But look at the last phrase in this verse. It says, for, and I've told you many times when you read the Bible, as you study, as you slow it down, as you take it in bite-sized pieces, when you see this word for, try to replace it with a more modern English word that we use more in our language than for, that word is what? Because. Don't be dejected and sad because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, when I read that, that's one of those verses that make me go, hmm. That's one of those verses that make me wonder, uh, okay, I never wonder if the Bible is true because I'm, I'm sold out on that. I know the Bible is true. Every word in the Bible is true. Every word in the Bible is right. That, that's self-evident. So when I read that and I'm thinking, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, this is your strength against dejection. It's your strength against sadness. It's your strength to carry on and to do and be all that God has called you to do and be. And when I read that, I'm like thinking the joy of the Lord is your strength. Sometimes. Anybody? Maybe. I wish more. Uh, Anybody realize that the joy of the Lord is not always your strength? You trying to tell me that sad and dejected people have the, that their their strength is the joy of the Lord? Here's what I think. This, This is how I believe we should see this. Many times the Bible tells us what 
God wants. What God says is best. It's like parents saying, uh, now have them lights off and, and be in bed by 9 o'clock with, with no technology on. That's what the parent wants. You believe that always happens? No, and you don't even have to have technology. Some of y'all old, old as me and grew up in, before cable television. Some of you, hey, a lot of us grew up before, what was it? It wasn't UHF, was it VHF? What, those, those back channels that you had to dial in. Those are the ones you had to dial in? Hey, and we got Channel 30 in Jacksonville. W-A-W-S, Fox. And we got then we got Channel uh, 47. And, but when we just had three channels, uh, there was no technology and there was no baseball team in the state of Florida, okay? Now, now we've got two baseball teams, kind of baseball teams. They're not as good as the teams in Georgia, but uh, we, we got the Tampa team and we've got the Miami team. But when I was a kid, baseball was huge for me and, and the country, and the closest team to us here in Jacksonville was the Atlanta Braves. Well, the Atlanta Braves had a radio station that broadcast to the whole country. And so without technology, uh, well, I guess it was the technology of the day, I had one of those little thick white transistor radios. Anybody remember those hard plastic transistor radios? I would lay in bed with my head on top of the transistor radio, smashed into the pillow, volume turned up just to the perfect level. So if anybody came in and checked on me, I was just like this. What should be happening, listen, ain't always happening. Do you believe that? I mean, we, we tell ourselves lots of things that we should do, but we don't always do it. The joy of the Lord should be your strength, but I want to propose this to you this morning. Most of us are not operating in the joy of the Lord for our strength. The strength that most of us have is small to non-existent. The strength that most of us have is independent, individual strength, and not the strength that comes from the Lord, and we need to figure out how to get to where God wants us to be. The answer is always in the book. Say the book. I believe this book has the answer to every real question that you need. It won't tell you who's going to win uh, March Madness. It, it won't tell you who's going to win the finals. It won't tell you who. Uh, what it won't tell you that you know you, sh you should send your kids to University of Florida over Florida State, even though one's close and one's far away. Um, but for all the big questions in life, this book has the answer. So we're going to figure it out from the book this morning. But I'm going to ask you some questions, and I want you to get real today. I don't want you just to be churchy today because that's just foolishness. Nobody ever got healthy, uh, healthy coming to church just showing up and not being real. So you need to be real. Um, I'm guessing that because I see people wearing stuff on their heads that's green, uh, that, I mean, I guess I should say, to, to the three Irish people in the room, uh, well, I don't even know what St. Patrick did, but, you know, praise the Lord for green hats on. Hallelujah. And, and for people who dye their rivers green and drink green beer on, on this weekend. I have no idea what any of that means because I've never taken two seconds to uh, chase down uh, who St. Patrick was. But I did see yesterday all day long, and it was hilarious, I saw... Um, a bunch of people hopping on St. Patty's Day stuff. And I, to look at them, you'd think, these, these people are not Irish. <laughs> That's a lot of melanin to be Irish. A lot of melanin to be wearing green and talking about St. Patty's Day. 
but they but they they put a they put a thing out on social media. It 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 had a flag, um, and and it had uh, uh what what the color is the African flag? Green, red, and black. Uh, it, it had that mixed in with with the Irish flag, and they said we are all blirish. <laughs> It took me a minute to wonder what Blyrish was, but in context, let me know what that was. If you don't know, ask somebody after church. But happy to you, Green, uh, peace, uh, Patty Day loving folk. Let's get back to the message. Y'all distracting me. It's not hard, I know. The joy of the Lord should be your strength. But is it? How do I know if it's being my strength? Well, or, or, or is your life characterized by joy? Now, here's the thing. Don't think for a minute everybody cheesing and grinning is joyful. A lot of that is fake. Don't, 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 don't think everybody that's selling wolf tickets all day long is, is, is really confident because a lot of that is fake. A lot of people go to the extreme to try to act like they possess something they don't possess. But we need to have this thing for real, say for real. Okay, so Psalm 118.24, the Bible says, This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, here's what I want you to do. I just want you to think. When you got up this morning and hit that alarm, did you spring out of bed rejoicing? You two, you two morning people, you're like, oh, I got up before the alarm went off, made a pot of coffee, a pressure washed the driveway, painted the house. Okay, calm down, Energizer Bunny. This is the day the Lord has made. Which day? This day. What about yesterday? He made that one too. What about tomorrow? Tomorrow will be this day as well. The Scripture says we. We. Anytime the Bible says we, it's usually more likely than not talking to Christians. We and us talking to safe folk, they and them talking to non-Christians. We're all in one of those groups. Figure out which group you're in and adjust accordingly. We, the followers of God, will rejoice and be glad in it. Do you really believe that everyone who is a Christian rejoices in every day and is glad about every day? They don't, but they should. Let me make it more practical. We don't, but we should. Let me, let me, let me bring it even further home. I don't, but I should. Anybody, can anybody be honest enough to say, me too, preacher? I don't, don't look at me like you're holy and I'm not. Look, the only person holy in the world is Jesus. Amen. We've all got issues. We've all got struggles. That's why it blows me back when people talk bad about other people. In the, oh, Pastor Scott, I don't know if you know or not, but you know, sister so-and-so, she smokes. She really, she, she's, well, I don't know if you know this or not, but you gossip. Well, I ain't know Elder So-and-so wasn't all the way delivered. How can you not know that everyone is not all the way delivered when, when the Scripture says we're in our process? Okay, so all of us in our process, and all of us need to take these commands seriously and do something about it. Because if you want to, things to get better, you've got to get better. If you want to have better, you got to do better. And until we start taking these commands personally and applying them to our life, we're never going to have what this book says we can have. And that's why I'll never, this and a hundred other reasons, why I'll never do the, the, the Joel Osteen book-raising deal. 
where uh, and it's cool and it's cute. I've been there when they did it. You know, this is my Bible. Everybody, they make everybody hold their Bible. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have, and I can do what it says I can do. And every time I would hear that, I would think, nope, nope, and certainly nope. Uh, do you really believe everybody in this room is exactly what this book says we are? Do we have everything this book says we can have? Do we do everything this book says we can do? So I want an addendum to that. I want to say, if, if you do what it tells you to do, you can have what it tells you to have. If you are what it says you should be, then, then you, you can do what it tells you you can do. But we need to take these things seriously and get better. Look at somebody say, get better. I make no excuse for sin. I make no excuse for falling short of God's standard of holiness and righteousness. We're a holiness church. We believe that without holiness, no one will see the Lord. These things are bulletproof scripture. Uh, and so this is not an excuse for lax living because I don't believe lax living folk love the Lord. But I do believe people who love the Lord ought to find strength in this cliche. Cliche is usually bad. This one is good. And it, it fits me and I hope it fits you. I may not be everything I ought to be. But I thank God I'm not what I used to be. Can five people say amen to that? We are growing. We are getting better. We are becoming who God declares us to be. Now, if we could just do it the way the fake, phony TV preachers do it, if we could just stand up and say, I declare and I decree, God is everything to me. And if that just worked and we just fell into some magic hypnotic trance and the joy of the Lord was our strength and we were rejoicing and being glad. Listen, that doesn't work. I want to tell you something. It is hard work following God. You will not be able to do it on your own. The only person who can effectively live the Christian life is Jesus Christ. And the only way that can be real to you is if you surrender to yourself, die to your own wants, needs, and agenda, and say, have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. I'm ready for us to rise up and be who God wants us to be. I'm ready for us to apply these things. For us to do it, I have to do it. For us to do it, you have to do it. I, I'm going to be I. I hope you're going to be you. I'm going to do my part. I hope you're going to get involved in your part. Listen to some of these findings. Now, these findings are from, from about, uh, what's this, 2019? These findings are from 2012 uh, when I first saw these statistics. And I, I can promise you they haven't gotten better. They've gotten worse. Uh, a 2012 report. A uh, Gallup survey found that 70% of Americans feel unhappy at least one day during the week. I got to believe that's more. I mean, I know you got your morning people that, you know, got nine cups of coffee in them before, before 8 o'clock. But uh, for the rest of the world, there's a mass feeling of unhappy. I want to tell you something. If you struggle with being unhappy, if you struggle with depression, if you struggle with rejection, if you struggle with feelings of inadequacy, if you struggle with anxiety, if you struggle with stress, if you struggle with mental health issues, if you struggle with not feeling or, or feeling like there's just something not right together, I want you to know you are much more normal than you think you are because the large percentage of people in this country feel exactly the same way you do. 
The lie of the devil is to make you think that there's something special wrong with you that nobody else is. I can remember when I first got saved, I was going to a church, uh, and, and I, I knew, and it, it's changed me, and it's pulled over all the way. 38 years later, I refuse to be churchy. I refuse to act like a Christian. I refuse to act like I've got it all together. I refuse to act like we're supposed to be something on Sunday morning that we're not on Saturday night. I, I went in, and I saw all these people wearing suits and ties. Uh, I saw all the women wearing dresses, and I saw all the men dressing just like the preacher and talking just like the preacher. And, and I, I remember looking around, and, and there I was, uh, fresh out of jail, fresh, uh, just, just quit that week, drugs and alcohol. Uh, and only because I, I prayed by myself with nobody around me for God to save me for real. And he did. I showed up to church. Uh, God came real to my life. I quit doing some stuff. But I showed up to church, and there I was, and everybody looked so together. And I thought, they can just feel it on me. They can smell it on me. They can look at me and tell I'm the most ridiculous, strung out, crazed person in this room. But I want to tell you something. They, hey, the suit-wearing crowd got as much problems as the drug-dealing crowd. They've just become professional at hiding it. We're not trying to hide anything at Abundant Life. We're trying to expose things. We're trying to shine a light on something so it can get better. If you come into church acting like you've got it all together, listen, not only are you hurting yourself, but you're hurting people like an 18-year-old Scott Becker making them feel uncomfortable. Like, I need to go find a different church. I need to go find a church for the rejected and the retarded because all these people are too special for me. What those people were, they were fakes, they were liars, and they were phonies, and they were trying to perpetuate a lifestyle that they did not own. And that's why still to this day, we're a church for all people. Still to this day, we're a church that realized every one of us is in our process, and the only one perfect is Jesus. So I want you to know, if you struggle with these things, you're not the unusual case. That's what the devil wants you to think. Everybody's got it together but me. No, everybody's got it untogether. Uh, everybody's doing fine, but all those people have more money than me. Listen, I've had to tell my kids, because we, we got some really big houses in our neighborhood. We got, we got people in our neighborhood that drive the most ridiculous cars you've ever seen. I, I'm talking about people driving cars that, that they spent so much money on, it's just money losses. Bentleys, Maseratis, uh, cars like this, just wasteful money. And my, my kids have said, oh, Dad, I, I went to so-and-so's house, and, man, their house is 6,000 square feet, and, it, and, and their dad has a Viper in, in the driveway. I told them, listen, what they got, they got gloom, despair, and agony on me. They got deep, dark depression, excessive misery. They got bills choking them to death. They got a mortgage. I ain't never seen that viper come out the driveway because he probably ain't got no insurance on it because he can't afford the insurance. Listen, it ain't always what it looks like. Sam Walton, when he was alive, was the richest man in America. Sam Walton never wore a pair of clean clothes when he left his house. He put on a dirty pair of overalls and dirty shoes and would walk into his stores and have people look at him like, who are you? I'm going to tell you something. When people from Walmart start looking down their nose at you, <laughs> might be time to take a bath. I'm just saying. Hey, free entertainment, y'all. You want some free entertainment? You don't have to go to no movie. You don't have to go buy dinner. Go walk around Walmart, just people watch. Go sit at the subway. Just sit at the subway and just sit back and watch. But he would go in there, He and people would look at him and think, 
Why well, he don't have no? He was the richest man in America. Why? Because it ain't always what it appears to be. So just because you think you see everybody else smiling, the devil wants you to think you're the only depressed person in the room. No, this is widespread. Uh, George Barna, the leading research firm uh, in the body of Christ, reported it's almost a decade ago. I'm sure the number's gone up that over 50% of Americans struggle with some type of depression, anxiety, or stress-related illness, and that over 70 million Americans today admit that they don't really feel like their life has any meaning. People, by the, the masses of the people, feel like their life has no meaning. That's why I tell everybody, get saved. Join the body of Christ. Get involved in something bigger than yourself. Let your life take on purpose outside of what you can see. Listen to Mayo Clinic. Mayo Clinic reports that 80 to 85% of the total caseload in hospitals in America is, is hospitals in America is due directly to worry and anxiety. 85% of everybody that's in the hospital right now is stressed out. 85% of people struggling with hospital-related illnesses is, are struggling with some type of worry or anxiety. Mayo Clinic said that stress is the number one health priority of our day. You don't see no war on that, though. You got a war on drugs. Find somebody, find somebody with, with a tiny little bit of marijuana on them, lock them up for 100 years. They'll, they'll put a war on drugs. They'll put a war on everything else. Where's the governmental war on stress? Where's the teaching of our students on how to cope with stress? We, we send kids. Now, my kids, my kids will be excited to hear this because my kids tell me all the time, Dad, we're going to this school. We're not learning anything. They're not teaching anybody how to be prepared for life. They don't teach us anything about finances. They don't teach us anything about debt. I'll add another one to you, son. They're not teaching anything about how to manage stress. But these problems are real, and these problems are crippling our society. One leading physician at the Mayo Clinic said 70% of all his patients could cure themselves if they would learn how to manage their stress and fear. Medical science has uh, said that the leading cause, stress, uh, worry, depression, are the leading causes of heart trouble, blood pressure problems, ulcers, thyroid malfunction, migraine headaches, stomach disorders, and a whole lot of other stuff. 25 million people in this country have high blood pressure due to stress. Not just high blood pressure, but do, diagnose stress is the cause of their high blood pressure, with over a million more developing high blood pressure every year. Eight million people in this country have stomach ulcers, and every week over 150 million people take medication for some type, type of stress-related symptom. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, this is real. Stress is real, and it's killing people. Sadness. Depression, dejection, worry, anxiety, these, these are all real things. I had somebody uh, years ago when we first started the church, I was telling them, you don't need medicine, you need Jesus. You, you don't need to take medicine for your mental issues, you need Jesus. Uh, I, had to, I had to clean that speech up a little bit because this person stopped taking their medication, they went off the rails. Um, so let, let, me, let me be very clear in what I'm telling you right now. If you would trade in, your stress medication for three hours a day in prayer and Bible study, you wouldn't need that medicine. But here's the reality. Most people would rather pop a pill than spend three hours on their knees and reading the Word of God. But here's the reality. Every pill that you take for whatever symptom you have has a horrible side effect. 
I don't even understand. I finally had to quit taking. Last year, I just decided I'm going to quit taking any type of medicine. I, I, they had me prescribed all these different types of pain medicine. I broke my back twice. I broke my neck. My neck's hurt me bad right now today. But I refuse to take any type of pain medicine, any type of medication at all because I've looked at the side effect lists. And it's crazy, man. These pharmacy, these pharmacy companies, they come out with a new disease every year. And I tell y'all, y'all been around long enough. Some of y'all have heard my, my ramble. We, they used to be uh, ADD. And they, they gave medication for ADD, but then they thought, well, we need, we need to develop more medicine to sell more drugs. So they come out with ADHD. And then they're like, well, let's, let's diagnose that. Then they come out with all these different things. Uh, stress disorder, anxiety stress disorder, social anxiety disorder, social anxiety stress disorder, social stress anxiety disorder, stress conglomerate, and just on and on and on and on. And, but if you listen to the side effects, listen, I'm not saying stop taking your medicine. Medicine helps a lot of people. What I am saying is be careful about these side effects because, like, uh, blah, 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 new drug cures uh, post-nasal drip. Okay, well, I'm not even really sure what that is, all right? Uh, but when, when they go on and say, uh, common side effects, diarrhea, headache, nausea, gout, angina, don't know what that is either, <coughs> blurred vision, slurred speech. I'm like, oh, is this drugs? I mean, this is real drugs now. Uh, stomach ulcers, cataracts, heart attacks, stroke high blood pressure, and the one that always gets me last, anal leakage. <laughs> anal what? Anal leakage? Bro, I ain't with it. My name's Bennett, and I ain't in it. You, I, you lost me right there at that last one. If you are taking medication that is helping you for these issues, I want to tell you keep taking them. But I want to give you some tools today to add to that uh, or if you're not taking it, I want to give you some tools to help you stay away from that because I believe God has the answer. Does anybody agree? Listen to the word of the Lord. Joel 2.21 says, Don't be afraid, my people. Be glad now and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. You ought, to, you ought to have these verses committed to memory. You ought to write these things down, put them on your mirror at home. Why in the world would God say, Don't be afraid, my people? Because we are. Mind just going a thousand miles an hour, can't lay down, unwind, relax, just thinking about everything that's coming up, stressing, stressing, stressing. He said, be glad now. Be glad when? You realize now is always, always. You be glad now, an hour, uh, an hour from now, guess what? It's still going to be now, and God's still going to be telling you to be glad. Be glad now and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. Now, I want to hurry up and get done this morning. But there is, uh, for you mathematicians in the room, there, there are some math formulas that people understand that are used to work from the, the beginning to the end where you can work it backwards from the end to the beginning. Problem solving, uh, reasonable deductive power says that if A plus B equals C, then C minus B equals A. All right, that's just quick math. For those of y'all that don't know, you don't have to. But let me show you how that works in Scripture. Don't be afraid, my people. Be glad now and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. If you realize the end of this verse, that the Lord has done great things, and if you focus on being glad now and rejoicing, you will be able to cancel out the beginning. If you are having fear and worry, 
then you are not operating in being glad and rejoicing because God has done great things. So what's the answer? What, what's the quick shot answer to fear, depression, anxiety, and worry? Walking in a constant awareness that God has done great things. But what about this? Yeah, but ain't God good. Well, what about this, 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 but ain't God good. But what about this, this, and this? Well, he's still good. But what about this, 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 this? He's still good all the time. What about this, this, this? God is good all the time and all the time. This will get your mind to get, well, it can't be that easy. Try it and let me know. The plan works if you work it. We're commanded to be glad and rejoice. For this very reason that God has done great things. I promise you, if you spend more time thinking about all the good things God has done and less time worrying about the minutia, you will be less depressed, less worried, less stressed out, and you won't be afraid. Psalm 32, 11 says, So rejoice in the Lord and be glad, all you who obey Him. Shout for joy, all you whose hearts are pure. We're commanded to be glad and rejoice because God has made our hearts pure. That very last thing, shout for joy, all you whose hearts are pure. If you get saved and stick around and get some good theology, you're going to realize you didn't purify your own heart. You didn't clean yourself up and come to God. You came to God and he cleaned you up. Can anybody say amen? You came to God and he gave you a pure heart. And when you realize God made my heart pure. I'm not talking about the person next to you's heart. I'm not talking about the nice person uh, that looks like they've got an all-together heart. When you realize God has made my heart pure, if you know you like I know me, that ought to make you want to shout, dance, get naked, throw money on the altar, some kind of celebration somewhere. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad. Rejoice in what? The Bible's a specific book. It doesn't say rejoice in who the president is. It doesn't say rejoice if everything's going your way for social justice. It doesn't say rejoice if everything's going your way for, for the community. It doesn't say rejoice if your money is together. It doesn't say rejoice if your children are together. Listen, there's always going to be trouble. Jesus said that. Listen, you, you come talk to me, get free counseling if you want to. Tell me you're str stressed out and freaked out. You don't know why your kids are on your last nerves. That's just part of it. I just solved all parenting problems. What did I say? It's just part of it. Kids stressing out parents, oh, that's as old as time. My, my, my money's funny and, and my family is fickle. That's as old as time. I, I'm doing my best, but my kids are stressing me out. That, that's as old as time. You can't, you can't look for all these things. Here's where we mess up. We try to find rejoicing in things that we like. We try to find rejoicing in things going the way we want them to go. But the Scripture says rejoice in the Lord and be glad. But there's a specific group of people that this will work for. All you who obey him. Now, let's just say for, for, take for granted that let's just pretend everybody in the room is saved. Let's pretend everybody in the room believes the word of God. Uh, we can rejoice knowing that God has given us a pure heart, but what if you're saved and you know you're disobeying him? Well, you, you're waiting on chastisement at that point. You, you, you're like the little kid who mama said, go sit in your room till daddy comes home. 
There's not a whole lot of rejoicing to be done at that part. we got to get to the place of obedience. We've got to get to the place where we're doing what God told us to do so we can have what he said we can have, and then we can be rejoicing, and then we can be shouting for joy. Psalm 68, 3 says, but let the godly rejoice. Let them be glad in God's presence. Let them be filled with joy. We're commanded to be glad and rejoice because God allows us to be in his presence. You want to get over that icky? You don't even know what it is. You don't want to say that you're depressed. You don't want to say that you have fear, anxiety, stress, or worry, but you just got that it just ain't right feeling. You're just like in a, in a funk, just want to get past what you need to get past. Uh, you need to get godly because godly people can rejoice. Not only do you need uh, to get godly, but you need to get in God's presence because people in God's presence can be glad. Not, not only do you need to get godly and, and to get in God's presence, you need to let you, your own life be filled with joy. Some of y'all don't want joy. Let me just deal with this side of the room real quick because they don't want to believe me over here. Some of y'all don't want joy. Well, Pastor, that's just foolishness. Everybody wants joy. No, some of y'all have been sad and mad and angry and frustrated for so long. It's the only friend you have. Some of y'all have been bitter and cast down for so long. It's the only thing. Your, your, your anger keeps you warm at night. Your depression keep, keep, keeps you company when you're all by yourself. But I want to tell you there's a better way. Look at somebody and say better way. The bottom line is this. People want to be happy. We do. We just don't all know how. Some people don't know how to let go of the past. Some people don't know how to grab hold of the future. But if I ask every single person in this room, what is it that you want most in life? We would hear all different types. Let, let, let's just get some shout-outs. Let's pretend like we're Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, if you could have anything in the world, don't be churchy. Don't be churchy. Don't act spiritual. Now, if it's real, it's real, okay? Some, if, if God just came to you and said, I'll give you anything you want right now, what do you want? What, what are some things people would say? A job, a house, money, a car, who? World peace, hallelujah. Uh, yeah, for sure. All these things, though, and you see, I, 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 I preface something. Some people would truly say for my children to be saved. Some people say for a supernatural divine healing. But all those things are rooted in one desire, and that's to be happy. The person who say, I want a house, thinks the house will make them happy. The person say, I want a job, thinks the job will make them happy. The person say, I want the car, thinks the car will make them happy. The person who want world peace, thinks world peace will make them happy. Person who say, I want money, think money will make them happy. Person who say, I want to see my children get saved, they think seeing their children get saved would make them happy. The bottom line is people want to be happy. And I want to tell you something, there's nothing wrong with that. Every well-adjusted and even maladjusted people that aren't all the way shot want happiness. You are not wrong for wanting to be happy. You are not wrong for wanting to have mental peace. You are not wrong for wanting to have your mind together. Listen, I believe that it's God's plan for every person in his family to have mental health. 
The, the, the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. When your mind starts flipping and tripping, that's an attack that God does not mean for your life, and you need to stand in faith that God wants me to have a sound mind. God wants to keep me together. God doesn't want me to break down, freak out, and flip out. Leading cause of death in teenagers is suicide, and we need to change that. All these kids killing themselves over. They got a TV with 800 channels. We had three. Two baseball teams in the state of Florida. We had none. They got a football team. Well, we don't have a basketball team. Well, get over yourself. You can't have everything. We have more stuff than we've ever had as a country. We have more material blessings than any group of people have ever had in the history of the world. But higher levels of depression, suicide, fear, and medicated for mental illness. I, I tell people all the time, my, my grandparents didn't have time to, to be depressed. They were too busy working. They didn't have time to have, what's that, the insomnia. They were too busy being exhausted after a hard day's work. They passed out. when They didn't even have to get all the way laid down. Some of y'all still living that life. You sit in a chair too long. God wants you to be happy. He commands you to be happy. So why is it so hard? Listen to the, <coughs> the text verse for our name of our church, John 10, 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and might have it more abundantly. God wants you to have an abundant life. God wants you to live. God wants you to have joy. The problem is most people aren't living life, they're existing. And I want you to get honest today, and I want you to, to determine, are you really living life abundantly, or are you just existing? Are you just getting up on Monday and trying to get through Monday so you can deal with Tuesday? So you can get up on, on, on Tuesday and deal with Wednesday? If you're just bumping through life, you're living life in a substandard capacity, and I want you to let God raise you up. Because the devil wants to steal your testimony, kill your joy, and destroy your life. But he's a liar, Jesus said. He's a liar from the beginning. And God's plan for his children is not just to live, but to live abundantly. I want everybody in this room to get to the place where you're enjoying your process, where you're enjoying where you are. The scripture says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Well, if that was always true, why are we so weak in Christ? Because we substitute that strength for our own strength. We substitute that joy of the Lord. Are you joyful about Jesus? Are you glad that he lived, he died, was buried, and rose again on the third day so you could be saved? Are you glad that you know the one who knows you? See, this, these are the bigger questions. Well, I know all that, but my bills are still due. Hey, I'd rather be homeless and go to heaven than live in a mansion and die and go to hell. Some of y'all can't say amen. I'm going to keep moving. We don't allow the joy of the Lord to be strong in us. And if you have uh, no joy, that means you have no strength. And if you have much joy, that means you have much strength. But you're finding it in the right place. Because our strength fades. 
doesn't matter. what you, you can do all the power of positive thinking. You can get all the motivational tools. You, you can make all the I declare and I decree statements that you see everybody else making. You can stand up and recite scripture all day long. But until you really get happy about Jesus, all the rest of that stuff is going to fade away. Until you can truly say, he did enough for me at the cross. People just really feel like, I deal with them all the time. People come to my office of counsel and feel like God has shortchanged them. Well, my brother has a nicer house than me. Is your brother going to heaven? No, but you are. Who's the winner? Well, my brother has a nicer house than me, and he's going to heaven. Are you going to heaven too? Then you're a winner. We got to get our mind set on Jesus because everything else is just a distraction. People get distracted thinking, well, if I could just have this, if I could just have that, when I get my new job, I'll be happy. If I get my new house, I'll be happy. When I get on the other side of this difficulty, I'll be happy. Let me tell you this. Hear this good. Joy is not found in the accomplishment. Joy is found in the journey. If you're trying to celebrate only on accomplishments, you're going to have very little to celebrate in life because life only has a couple of major milestones involved. But it's got everyday process every day. And, 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 and the task at hand is to find joy in our journey. Uh, we, we, we all want to get to a certain place in life. You ought to have goals. But here's what I know about having goals. As soon as you reach one, you got another one out in front of you. You, you put another one out. Now, I'm not a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. You have to say it like that because they criticize people from Jacksonville for saying Jaguar, and it's Jaguar. Uh, I'm not a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. I'm a Miami Dolphins fan because that was my team growing up, and I don't switch. Uh, but Jacksonville took this thing. I don't know if they still do it. I hope they don't. Uh, I, I went to a couple of games when they were, when they were young just because it seemed like the thing to do. Uh, and every time they'd get a first down, do they still chant move those chains when they get a first down? That was so annoying. I, I'm like, you're so limited. You, 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 you're, you're, you're celebrating first downs because you can't get wins to celebrate. You're celebrating first downs because you can't get touchdowns. Uh, but, but as I look at that, now from a fo football standpoint, that's just silliness. But every time you do get a first down, you've accomplished something, but they set that yardstick out another 10 yards in front of you. And we've got to learn how to celebrate every victory, even if it's just a first down victory, e even if it's just a gained a few inches victory. If you only celebrate on the big stuff, you're going to be a depressed, miserable person. What am I trying to tell you? Enjoy the journey. Realize that your life is a journey. Every minute of every hour of every day of your life is part of your journey. And if you wait to be happy till you get to the end of it, you're going to miss out on everything that God has for you. I'm going to give you three ways real quick to find joy for your journey. Number one, stop focusing on the wrong things. Say stop. You have to stop focusing on the wrong things. You are crippling your ability to find joy. You are crippling your ability to find peace because you are allowing yourself to focus on the wrong things. See, this is where people begin to believe the lie of the devil and, and listen to what that lie is in this position to believe that God hasn't given you enough if I, if I 
if I could just lace all y'all up on some sodium pentothal, a.k.a. truth serum, if I could just jam you with, with about a big giant syringe of sodium pentothal and, and ask you the simple question, do you believe that God has been fair to you and given you your fair share of things in life? Do you know what most people would say? No, he hasn't. Most people think God has shortchanged him. Now, people who've been around for a while, pe people who know that if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, people who know that God's good all the time, people who ain't getting chased off from God would tell you he's given me more than enough. Can five people say amen? But by and large, most people believe the lie of the devil that God hasn't given you enough. You see, that's what he told Eve. That's why it's so important to know the Scripture. God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and the devil still only has a few tricks up his sleeve. And one lie that he's been telling since he told Eve, God hasn't given you enough. And listen, this thing, this thing has dribbled down to every kid on the planet. Every kid, I've had so many kids. Now, your kid might not ever verbalize it this way, but I promise you, the devil tries to make them think this way. My parents hate me. They don't want me to be happy. My parents just don't want me to be happy. That's why they won't let me do drugs. My parents just don't want me to be happy. That's why I can't hang out with Ray Ray. No, your parents want you to be happy. They just know there's a better way. And Ray Ray's going to jail. But people, people want to believe what, what the devil told Eve. God hasn't given you enough. You need one more thing. You, you got all, God gave Adam and Eve everything but one thing. If you think that, you know, times have changed, go ahead and have you about a good little nine-year-old or younger. Or some of y'all don't discipline your children. Have a 30-year-old child or younger that never got normal discipline. See, because I believe what, what uh, Dr. Dobson said. If you beat the brakes off them till they're eight years old, you should never have to spank them again. I haven't spanked my children in years, but they still remember. We can talk about that later. But you take, you take a child, and they do this stuff. That Bill Cosby used to do that. Uh, kids do the darndest thing show. That was the funniest show ever on television. Put a kid in a room with 100 different things and say, you can play with all those toys, but don't mess with those cookies over there because we're saving those for the end of the show. Guess what they're going to do? Straight to the cookies. They're going to go. Why? Because the devil wants air. It doesn't matter what you have. See, you could, you could live in a bigger house than everybody you know, but you still want a bigger house. You could be driving a car that's great, wonderful, and cranks every time you turn the key, but you want something better. You, you, you could have enough clothes. Uh, li listen, if, you, if you've got one outfit and means to wash that, you're good to go. But everybody wants to believe, I don't have enough. That's what he, the devil told Eve. God said, y'all can have everything here, but just leave that one tree alone. And it wasn't that thought that, well, there, there's one, I want that one. No, it was, it was the lie that was planted, you're not complete until you have more than what God has given you. You can't be satisfied until you have more than what you currently have. You, God's not really being good to you until he gives you everything that you think you should have. I want you to stop focusing on the wrong thing because just like Adam and Eve had everything they needed, I want to tell you this. Believe me or not, you've got everything you need right now. 
You're where you are right now by God's design. Stop wishing you were somewhere else. Stop wishing you had it better. Oh, that's easy for you to say, blah, 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 and blah. Listen, um, my, my sister can tell you, uh, when, when, I, when I moved to Tampa, Florida, uh, to, to go to, to get a job years ago, I moved into a ratty apartment in Temple Terrace, in the Tampa section, Temple Terrace, Florida, gang-ridden, right near the college. Um, I didn't even have a mattress to sleep on. I had to borrow $100 from a friend to buy a $90 mattress to lay it on the floor with no frame and no headboard. But I was happy. I was realizing that God was my strength. People think, well, it's easy for rich people to say they don't need anything else. No, listen, if, if, if you know who God is, you got everything you need. It's just a process from there. Psalm 70 verse 4 says, but may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness in you. May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, God is great. If you are not filled with joy, if you are not filled with gladness, I can tell you for sure, then you do not love the salvation that God gave you. You got over the joy you found at salvation. Because anytime anybody gets saved, they're excited. They're happy. They feel like the weight of the world's been lifted off them. It's only as time goes by they start thinking, well, yeah, I'm saved, but what about a house? Yeah, well, I'm saved, but what about a spouse? Yeah, I'm saved, but what about a mouse? Well, whatever it is that you're chasing, when salvation no longer is enough for you, then you have stopped being filled with, with, with joy. You, you are not shouting that God is great. You want to press through? You want to break through? You want to get, listen, I don't believe in faking it till you make it, but I do believe in doing the right work through the process to get to the result. You need to start saying this out of your mouth every day. God is great. Every time the devil tries to lie to you and, and bring you down, you need to say in your mind or out loud, God is great. You need to be thankful for your salvation. May those who love your salvation, are you glad that you're saved? You ought to go around shouting, God is great. In Matthew 6, one of the most quoted verses in all the New Testament, Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. All what things? If you look in the earlier verses before verse 33, they were talking about material things, food, clothing, shelter, money, houses, lands, cars. Jesus said, if you put God first, seek him diligently. Go after God with all your strength. Watch how things fall in line. And I stand before you today as a living testimony and, and, and as a benefactor of God's goodness. When you do the right thing long enough, your blessing comes through. When you put God first, everything else falls in line. Does anybody believe in this truth this morning? Not only do you need to stop focusing on the right thing, secondly, you need to realize that life is to be lived one day at a time. Well, what's going to happen uh, if, if Trump does X, Y, and Z, well, what's going to happen if the Democrats do X, Y, and Z? Well, what's going to happen if we don't get blah, blah, and blah? Well, what's going to happen if, if we get the new Green Deal and, and, and they do away with cars and airplanes? I'm going rogue, renegade, and anarchist at that point. Can't have my car. Hallelujah. Government, do what you want to do. But I'm not worrying about these things. Why? Because worry is another trick the devil plays on you. Keep your mind frazzled. So you can't rejoice 
in the Lord. Right after Matthew 6.33, that seek ye first verse that everybody knows so well, comes Matthew 6.34 where Jesus said, Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. <coughs> anybody with half a brain knows this verse is on point. Let's read between the punctuations. So don't worry about tomorrow, comma. That's cause for pause. Don't worry about tomorrow. Why would God tell his people not to worry about tomorrow? Because we worry about tomorrow. But what should we do? Not worry about tomorrow. This is the word of the Lord. And he tells us, he tells us why. For or because tomorrow will bring its own worries. One, one version says its own trouble. I want to tell you something. There's going to be trouble tomorrow. There's going to be enough difficulty tomorrow to load your wagon if you need a wagon full of, of worry. So, so don't, don't, don't freak out. This doesn't say don't plan, don't have goals, and don't be wise. It says don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to bring its own troubles. Don't you know that? There's going to be a whole new set of issues in the world tomorrow. We need to do what that old song says, and we need to live one day at a time, sweet Jesus. Then the last sentence says, today's trouble is enough for today. I want to tell you something. We need to learn how to live one day at a time. You need to focus on today. You need to let your battle cry be, today, I'm going to love the Lord. Today, I'm going to represent him properly. Today, I'm going to read the Bible. Today, I'm going to bless the Lord Oh, my soul, today I'm going to pray to him. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to love him. Today I'm going to make good choices. See, this right here will cut the legs out from under the devil because the devil has a lot of y'all bound up with mistakes you made in the past. But if you learn how to focus on a right now, God, on a today situation, the past won't bother you anymore. Yes, we've all blown it in the past. Yes, we've all done things that we shouldn't have done. Yes, we've all messed up back in the past. But you got to have a today salvation. That's why I love one of the compound names of God. God gives us 16 compound names in the Old Testament testament of who he is and and one of the compound names he calls himself Jehovah Shema and 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 in a broad spectrum that means the Lord is always present but the ancients taught in a literal perspective that means I am the God who is right in your face God is God right here God is God right here God is God right here and he's still God wherever you go and whatever you do he's a right now right here present God he's Jehovah Shema he's here today start living today start making some choices for you can't change your past and you can't alter your future waste time if you want to declare and decree sunshine for you tomorrow all you want to or just live in whatever weather God gives you today and make the most you can out of today be a right now Christian have a right now God read a right now Bible and live a right now life and worry will not be your portion and stress will drip off of you if you learn how to live one day at a time. Last thing, I'm going to tell you, third thing to do, count your blessings every day. You've heard me say it all the time. You know I love the old hymns. What do old hymn writers say? Count your blessings. Name them what? One by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Reasons most people don't focus on all the great things God has done for them because they won't take two seconds to think about anything good God ever did for them. Well, how can I be happy with the economy the way it is? Well, my joy 
the, 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 the joy of the economy is not the, the, my strength. The joy of the Lord is what's giving me strength to move on. Well, how can I be happy with, with the way people are treated? How can I be? Listen, get your blessings recognized. Count up your blessings. Psalm 126, 3 says, The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. The Lord has done great. Can you say that with conviction? Can you say that and believe it? Has God done us is talking to Christians. If you're saved, God has certainly done something great for you. He took you from death to life. He took you from loss to saved. He took you from the kingdom of darkness into his glorious kingdom of light. And you ought to be able to say no matter what your checking account says, no matter what people say about you, God has done great things and I'm happy about it. You start focusing on what good thing God has done, you will let go of some of that. But what about this? But what about that? I want you to get a God is great mindset. I want you to learn how to stop focusing on the wrong things. Realize that you got to live one day at a time and start counting your blessings. This is why it's so important that we gather together in church. Find somebody this week and bring them to church with you next week. Find somebody that quit going to church and bring them. It's so important that we come to church so that we can help encourage each other. Listen, I'm going to tell you a little basic psychology. A little basic psychology. If you look around and you see somebody and, and you know that, that, that they have come a mighty long way, your basic psychology should encourage you to think, if God can do it for them, he can do it for me. This is why we share testimony times on Wednesday nights. Some of y'all don't come back on Wednesday night. You need to come. We're learning. We're growing. We're advancing in our faith. We're counting our blessings and we're letting our mouths rejoice at what God has done. Listen, I tell my kids all the time, you ought to be thankful God lets you be a man because we're the apex predator. Women always get mad. They want to throw stuff at me when I say that. Truth's the truth. Uh, be glad God made Listen, I suppose if you're a woman, you ought to be glad God made you a woman. Amen? God gave you gifts, talents, abilities, and strengths that he didn't give a man. And, and I, I heard one, one person say if women uh, would, would, would quit trying to do everything a man could do, then, then they could really operate in the capacity that God created them uniquely to do. Be glad for what you have. Be thankful for what you have. Let me ask you this, and I'm done. Could it be worse? Are you so shot out in your mind that you think you got it worse than anybody that ever lived? Are you so gone? That you just believe nobody's had it as bad as you've had it? Listen, we live in the wealthiest country imaginable. Our poor people would be rich in most countries around the world. We live a life of ease. Well, not me. All my bills are late. Uh, well, yeah, that's, I, nobody made them bills for you but you. Start being thankful for what you have. Start recognizing the greatness of God. Start believing that God has done good things for you. And you'll transition into an abundant life. I want you to believe salvation is enough. Because it is. This life is just a short period of time in eternity. 70, 80, 100 years, 115 maybe. It's a blink of an eye compared to eternity. Doesn't matter what the score is now, 
if you know for sure you're on the winning team. Knowing Jesus is enough. Knowing Jesus is enough. See, I know I know lots of poor people. Well, not lots. I know a few poor. I know lots of poor people, but I know a few poor people who have got their mind right, and they've seen people who are rich without Christ really have nothing, and they're miserable. The book of the Revelation said they're blind and they're wretched. They think that their money does for them, but it doesn't. Because there's an eternity coming that money can't buy. And you need to believe that Jesus is enough. You need to believe that God's word is enough. You need to learn how to be thankful. Don't answer out loud, but just think. Have you been filled with joy this past week? Are you so busy trying to accomplish your current task? stopped loving every minute of your life slow it down be thankful you're here you're alive you're on God's side if you're saved if you're not saved the Bible says if you call on the name of the Lord God will save you all you have to do is ask God to save you and if you're serious he'll do it you say well I tried that before yeah I know I did too I walked out several times prayed a prayer several times and it just didn't click for me it didn't stick for me why is there a magic number of times that you have to do it? No, if you ever get it right, it'll stick. But the Bible says that you'll only find it when you search for him with your whole heart. Some of you need to let go of your pride and your, your religion and everything else that you've been holding on to. And you just need to say, I'm finally ready to search for God with my whole heart. And to be the man, the woman, the young person that God put me on this planet to be. Because the only real joy that there is will be in heaven. Because everything else will pass away. The only lasting joy that will endure is the joy that Christians will have in heaven because everything else will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Are you moving, operating, living every day with the joy of the Lord as your strength? Or have you been operating in your own strength? Here's how you know. Are you tired? Are you weary? Born? Has it been too much? See, if you're operating in the Lord's strength, the Lord never gets tired. You say, well, what do I need to do? You just need to start thanking God for the things that He's done for you. Let your thanks outnumber your complaints, and you can have a turnaround. Let your thanks outnumber your complaints, and you can have a real turnaround. Because God has promised that we can do more than exist. We can do more than just have life. We can have an abundant life through Jesus. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. God, I pray <coughs> that you would help us to be thankful. Help us to focus on the right things. Help us to live one day at a time. Help us to count our blessings you have done great things you did such a great thing at the cross where you showed your love to all mankind and you defeated death and hell thank you for dying for us thank you for living for us thank you for living inside us thank you for your book God I pray for people who are hurting this morning Lord I pray that you would show yourself as more than strong show yourself as more than able 
God, I pray that you would comfort the hurting. Lord, I pray for anyone in this room who's not truly saved, that they would call out to you today, God, and be truly born again. Help us, God, to let your joy be our strength. You're worthy, God. You're fantastic. You're awesome. We need you. God, I pray that you would strengthen our minds, strengthen our resolve to win this community to your kingdom, strengthen our resolve to love you and to love each other, strengthen our resolve to put your way first and to seek your kingdom above all else. We trust you, God, to do your part. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast and visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people.